Leaders Meetings Today podcast. I'm Tyler Davidson, Vice President and Chief Content Director for Meetings Today. And we got a really special program for you today, uh, today um, especially in these pandemic times. And uh, it is kind of a harbinger of maybe uh, things to come and, and how a major property has sort of dealt um, with some very, uh, very prominent protocols and a very prominent client too. Um, so we're talking with uh, some folks who work at the uh, Walt Disney World Swan and Dolphin Resort in Orlando, um, a major meetings property. Um, joining us is Sean Verney, uh, Area General Manager, Joe O'Donnell, Associate Director of Event Management, and Luciano Sperduto, uh, food, um, Director of Food and Beverage. Uh, thanks for joining us, everybody. Our pleasure, Tyler. Thank you for having us. Thanks, Sean. And now, why don't we kick it off with you? Um, and this is the MLS is back tournament, and you know, very basically, um, this is Major League Soccer. They, you know, recognize the need to uh, continue on with business, as a lot of sports are, such as the NBA, and selected the Walt Disney World Swan and Dolphin Resort to operate um, in the bubble, as the term is, and. Uh, Take it away, Sean. Maybe give uh, give the viewers, um, the listeners, some background on the event. Sure, Tyler, uh, and thank you once again for having the team and I here uh, to talk about what we call an iconic event. You know, Tyler, when um, we first received the call, you know, the inquiry was about could we hold and create and partner with MLS to create this bubble, and really the bubble was to be able to host twenty six teams. Um, all the supporting staff with those teams, uh, the MLS staff, referees, and all the potential medical staff, uh, obviously with everything that was going on uh, with COVID-19. So, you know, we started having conversations um, about what this would look like. And it was a mighty task, uh, which took many, many hours to discuss and work through. Uh, but that's what we were tasked with in being able to host over 1,500 people in our building, be able to feed them for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, be able to establish a multitude of different protocols pertaining to COVID and the accessibility of team throughout the entire building. So that's a little bit of a background of what we were up against and um, how this was a mighty task that required a multitude of different organizations, leaders, uh, and team members coming together to be, potentially be able to execute against this. What are some uh, you know, highlights of what you had to do to accommodate um, this group during, during this time? You know, it was interesting, Tyler. Uh, not only were they trying to create a bubble um, for the 26 teams and all the supporting cast, but they were actually trying to create um, basically 28 bubbles, uh, a bubble within a bubble. And what was really, really unique, uh, unique about this was being able to uh, ensure that we were isolating specific teams on specific floors, isolating where their meal periods were, communicating where the traffic patterns would be of people leaving our hotel, coming back from our hotel. They were, MLS was really trying to attempt to ensure that each one of these teams were in their own little bubble. 
and we had to do a multitude of uh, different things and different approaches. And, you know, as the leader of the building, I was extremely uh, grateful for all the great leaders we had on this building to be able to uh, formulate some of those plans. But uh, they were mighty and it required a tremendous amount of conversations and, and proactive approach. But they were some of the headwinds that faced us in being able to do something because obviously what was going on with COVID, we had never experienced anything of that this nature we were in uncharted territories and and i think especially you at the property too because am i correct in that you were pretty new even to the position there when this was all going on uh that is correct tyler um you know i had been down here really before this whole conversation started about two months so uh you know quite frankly i had a lean on the leaders in this building um, I was struggling even to find uh, where the restrooms were in a building of this size and this nature. And so I was new to the building, uh, obviously not new to our industry, um, and uh, well up to speed through all the various webinars that I had been on with our organization, um, Marriott, and talking about some of the uh, protocols that we needed to implement here. Wow. Um, and... Um you know, was, was there anything that really stood out to you, interesting, or any particular challenge that was uh, really uh, a big challenge to overcome that you did overcome? And and then I have to add, too, I think they did contact tracing, or, or at least there hasn't been any reports of, of anyone getting COVID from this whole experience, if I'm correct. Yeah, that's correct. I mean, from this experience here, um you know, what do we have to overcome? Uh, more than anything, we had to be adaptable. We had to be versatile. We had to be able to pivot um, by the hour, by the day, um, in the pre-planning of this. You know, as we were laying out all of our protocols uh, for our guests and for our, our cast members, right? First and foremost, all of our protocols to ensure the safety and the well-being of our cast members and team members. And then how do they correlate in executing against uh, what MLS was looking to do and the event that we were looking to host? So um, each day brought a new challenge. Um, either it was the testing component, it was uh, strategically placing teams, if it was teams uh, requiring meals because they were in quarantine or they were in quarantine later, uh, longer than originally anticipated. Um, in the contracting phases and, in, you know, as we were trying to lay this out, there was a multitude of different things that we needed to overcome. Uh, because nothing had ever been done like this before in negotiating because there was so many organizations that were intricately involved in pulling this off. Each one of them in some sense was intertwined and such so critical for it to be successful. Great. Yeah. And I'm, uh, I'm guessing none of you put in for vacation time when all this was happening, huh? Yeah, there was no vacation, Tyler, but I will tell you, there was a lot of happy faces, quite frankly, because what we were extremely proud of and what the team was really proud of is, and what really drove us to be able to work this process. 
um, and to ensure that we did everything we could as leaders in the building to make sure that we were great partners of MLS and be able to do this was really, honestly, to get our cast members and our, and our team members back to work. You know, this was in the midst of this COVID-19. Hotels were closed all over the country, all over the world. And this was a unique opportunity for us to come, come back and be able to get our cast members back in a safe environment and be able to uh, reopen our building for a client that needed the right partner, that needed to, the support. But more importantly, the health and well-being of everybody was uh, the critical part of this. And if we could never feel comfortable in being able to ensure that the, the safety and the well-being of our cast members, our guests, um, our leaders, we would have never done this. Uh, but through the tough work of everybody, we were able to accomplish that. Oh, great. Well, thanks, Sean. Let's, let's move over to uh, Joe O'Donnell, uh, the Associate Director of Event Management. And uh, you folks always uh, make things happen on site. So uh, this, I'm sure, was a, a very uh, a, a special sort of a, a event that happened. Um, and maybe this is an understatement, and maybe you could talk about this for 30 minutes or all day, but how is this different than any uh, other events that you've worked previously? Sure, well, um, we've done a lot of high profile events, some of them high profile sports events. Uh, this was the first team time we had 26 teams under one roof and also the first time M MLS had ever done that. So that in and of itself was a challenge. Um, then just the length and duration of it, I remember vividly and an early onsite tie down the planning group saying, this is day six of 56 days. That really resonated. <laughs> um, so that, that just led to some other unique aspects, um, just the sheer length of the event. Um, and then as Sean touched upon our safety protocols, I, I firmly believe having robust and detailed safety protocols is what enabled uh, MLS to have the trust to, to stay with us. Um, and as also Sean alluded to, although we did a great job in matching that with MLS's protocols. We were living it together and it evolved day by day and just the very nature of uh, learning as, as you go day by day. MLS were great partners, um, but it was certainly a unique experience. Um, mapping yeah, yeah, I, and I know, um, of course, you can put all the planning in the world into this, but you know, this is really a new situation for everyone in the industry everyone in the world really with this pandemic. Um, there must have been things you really had to adjust to and learn on the fly. Uh, what are some of those things and, and how would those uh, lessons maybe um, help um, other folks who do your job? Well, I don't know if it would be true of other events, but um, the length of stay um, led to a lot of folks delivering from Amazon Prime and similar and so huge amount of shipments coming in daily, really right up until the day of departure. So that was something we had to adjust to. Um, fairly close in, we were, we discovered we were going to need to use disposable for all the meals. And um, that of course led to a lot of trash pickup needs, which we were prepared for, but not quite at the volume nor locations outside of the meal rooms. There was a lot of trash pickup. So. We had to pivot and adjust and reevaluate, and um, uh, after the first couple of days, got got to where we needed to be. But that was disposable would be something I'd uh, um, tell anyone to keep an eye on. Um, 
And when the teams first arrived, they were quarantined into their uh, guest rooms, um, which again led to some uh, unexpected uh, trash pickup needs, delivering contactless meals, and then coming back to pick it all up, uh, also contactless. Interesting. Anything else uh, unexpected that came along that, uh, I mean, there must have been uh, a, a lot of things like that, but anything else that really kind of stood out? Well, maybe one of the most unexpected. We have two full fitness centers, and then MLS built two gym facilities in our expo halls on top of that. And yet a couple of the teams chose to build it, their own team inside their meeting room. So um, one of the most unexpected moments was picking up a duffel bag and finding it was full of free weights, and then looking up and seeing the whole box truck was full of duffel bags filled with free weights. <laughs> so <laughs> that, 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 that kind of took us by surprise. So you, you probably got, uh, you and your staff probably got pretty buff after uh, <laughs> lifting all that stuff. Huh? I broke out some Bengay, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, thank you, Joe. I appreciate it. Um, let's move on to Luciano, uh, Director of Food and Beverage. Uh, this, uh, to me, is almost the most interesting part of this, uh, even almost the most interesting part in any, any hotel operation. And and I know talking with our readers and everyone in the industry, F&B is just a, a huge part of this whole uh, post-shutdown pandemic environment. Um, you had to feed hundreds of professional athletes, probably uh, pretty hungry folks. Uh, what went into that setup and what sort of unique things did you have to do that you haven't done uh, before this event? So, uh... Joe led into it a little bit by uh, mentioning um, the 26 teams and the and the contact we made with them prior to. We started by, you know, our, we had our catering team and two of our catering managers actually making contact with each team individually. So we actually split the teams up between our cater two catering managers and they worked specifically with their nutritionists for uh, meal plans. So we were working uh, with that as well, which we've done in the past, but um, we've only done it with, you know, maybe two teams at a time, not 26. Um, so, you know, 26 teams and 26 meal preferences, and uh, everyone's looking for different macro counts in their meals, right? So, um, so after we got those meals together, you know, re really what it came down to was understanding how we were going to service the groups in all the different meal rooms, right? So the 28 different meal rooms, because uh, we had the 26 teams, the staff, and then the referees as well. So, um, going into it, a lot of people were saying they were going away from buffet service and they didn't want to do it. And, you know, the more we, that we sat down with our team and, and the experience that they have, like there's got to be a way for us to be able to service them from a buffet standpoint um, and do something where we can still have social distancing. So we created these uh, custom made uh, plexiglass um, dividers, essentially, if you will. Um, and we're able to service the guests as they're coming through the line. Um, our staff stands behind them with the proper PPE on. Um, and then we're able to serve them as the, the guest is able to put their, con in this situation, they want it, they use to-go containers. Uh, we'll use them in the future with, uh, with China or plateware. The guests can actually put that underneath the plexi and we're able to serve them, right? So, um, and then we were able to use the plexi to put clings on, to display menu items. So it evolved uh, as the event went on. Um, and that was one of the biggest challenges we had initially was understanding how we were gonna service them. Um, once the rooms were set up and we set up the uh, staff that was going to be in the rooms, uh, we were able to maintain some of the same staff in each of the rooms, which was a, a great benefit for the teams. 
Um, but all the teams essentially, we started out with three meals a day, but realistically what it turned into was um, most all teams had four meals a day. Um, they were adding meals or snacks based on uh, their practice or game schedule. Um, and then we, we worked around it. So um, there were teams that had games at 10 p.m. and would come back to the hotel um, after midnight and uh, we would have dinner for them um, at that time. Um, so we were, uh, you know, adjusting as we went. But the setup of the, of the service was uh, one of our biggest challenges that I think, um, you know, I'd be most proud of. And I know, you know, having uh, essentially sheltered in place here in San Francisco during the whole pandemic and folks across the nation that, uh, you know, food, your meals become almost part of your entertainment. Um, and, you know, along with Netflix, I guess, and some of those options. Um, so how did you create variety among your meals uh, to, you know, make the players happy and uh, kind of serve that? And I just got to have to say that I've, been to your property a number of times and you guys are always very creative with your F and B. So I'm sort of curious to hear how you mixed it up for them. Yeah. Thanks Tyler. So um, yeah, I mean, first of all, we had thousands of sample menus that they had done when the teams are on the road, what the nutritionist is looking for um, everything from, you know, we were running 11 to 12 omelet stations a day um, for the different teams um, to uh, taco bars at lunch. Uh, we had different uh, dessert recipes that we took from each of the teams. Um, we had these, the, our uh, pastry team was making these protein balls that uh, one of the teams uh, really likes that's from the West Coast. And uh, we ended up uh, intertwining some of those into some of the other meal plans as well. Um, so we were able to utilize uh, a lot of the examples they actually uh, were providing to us. Um, and then we intermingled them into uh, all of the the meal plans. Um, so that was, uh, you know, of course, very helpful to us. Um, and then as, you know, as time went on, like Joe said, they were here for 50 plus days. So we got to know them really well and what they liked. And we were, we also, you know, we, as the time went on, we accommodated uh, based on what we saw that they really enjoyed too. And I imagine too, there's just a lot of uh, people from international uh, countries where they originate, especially with soccer, so that must have added an extra wrinkle um, and, and a challenge or an opportunity. Yeah, and so people, I mean, they were looking for other meals too, right? So as you mentioned, like you've been to the property before and we have a lot of different options. So uh, we were able to accommodate people in restaurants too. So we did set up a, um, a schedule with each of the teams and all the teams dined in each one of the restaurants uh, a minimum of four times. So when we were able to rotate them and we did it based on socially distancing, distancing them so that they were not um, in the restaurants at the same time or they were just in different areas. Um, so there was a lot of planning that went into it with the team, but um, they were able to also have um, some specialty dining experiences in some of our restaurants as well, like Shula's and Blue Zoo uh, and Il Molino as well. And um, wow, what a whole interesting aspect. You, none of you will, I'm sure, ever forget this and never expected this to be part of your uh, hospitality industry uh, duties or, or experiences. Um, real quick, Luciano, what, what was the biggest challenge, uh, probably among a lot of uh, big challenges during this period? So Tyler, we pretty much ran a 24-hour oper operation for the entirety of their stay um, for those you know 50 plus days. So because with the teams coming in late, 
Uh, we would have breakfast cooks coming in at you know 3 a.m. to get ready for a 5:30, 6 a.m. breakfast, um, and people were leaving from that dinner that ended at say 2 a.m. Right, so um, there was probably maybe an hour where we weren't operating essentially um, on a daily basis, and you know we're used to doing that, you know for one group maybe for three or four days, but um, not for one group for you know 50 plus days in a row. So. Um, that was one of the uh, the difficult tasks I think the team had, um, and you know of course we we found our groove and we adjusted as we went. And uh, but it was you know it was great to be able to deliver that that type of service and and intermingle so many different options for the teams as well, so that uh, it could work out and they were happy about it. Excellent. Well, thanks for joining us today, gentlemen. Uh, I really appreciate it. And before we sign off, um, I'll just throw out a general question. Um, you know, what lessons and experiences from this whole experience do you think can be applied to meetings and events moving forward? I mean, I guess both for meeting and event planners and then folks uh, on uh, your end of the industry. I get, uh, I'll, I'll jump in there and then I'll, jump I'll, in, Sean, on that yeah, I'll let it pivot to Joe and Luciano is, you know, um, Honestly, Tyler, it's um, ensuring that you have a good plan in place and that you are able to adapt to the needs of the guest without sacrificing um, your protocols. Um, I think during this time, that is what was essential. And we had established really stringent protocols, and yet we were able to execute within the framework of those protocols. And I think because we were very proactive in our approach in establishing those and working the problem, um, we were able to execute fluently and safely during that time. Great. And Thank I'll, you, Sean. I'll pivot oh, it over oh, to Joe. Joe or yeah, Luciano, yeah. if they have well, anything else. Yeah, I was going to say something very similar. So white glove service means something new these days, but finding a way to provide VIP service for the players and keep things abundantly safe um, took a lot of doing. And I, I also want to say MLS was the perfect group to have in because their planners were just the best partners and the most flexible as we had to adapt to everything. But um, taking the protocol seriously um, was something both MLS did and the hotel did. And at the same time, not letting that interrupt high level VIP experience for the players. Yeah. Great, Luciano? Yeah, I, I was going to mention that the partnership that we had with MLS, I mean, the way they worked with us and it was, a, you know, we had daily meetings with them and even prior to their arrival, we were, we were on Zoom calls with them daily. And I feel when they arrived, even though we hadn't met them in person, it was like we had known them for so long already. So they arrived here and we had that partnership going and we were meeting with them constantly that um, when we did come up with challenges, which we all know happen all the time, we were, you know, able to address them and make sure that they didn't happen again. So I think that was vital in um, making this event successful. Great. Yeah. All right. Well, and if thanks. I could, uh, oh, go ahead. Yeah. I'm sorry, Tyler. I just want to emphasize on that a little bit. And, and Joe and Luciano brought up a great point: is the partnership we had with MLS was essential because they understood our business, and we were understanding their business and the communication and the willingness to work with each other to be able to execute of what the hotel needed and what they needed 
was paramount. And, you know, Luciana and Joe emphasize that word partnership. And that's the true essence of why this was successful, because it was a partnership. Yeah, and I got to say, too, I mean, there's just a lot riding on what MLS did and just a variety of different aspects. So for them to put their trust in you and the um, Walt Disney World Swan and Dolphin Resort, that that speaks uh, speaks highly of, of your team and the, and the uh, resort there. Uh, great. Well, thank you for joining you. us. Um, appreciate you your time and uh and detailing this very interesting story. Um, and thank you for out there listeners uh, for joining us for this Meetings Today podcast. I'm Tyler Davidson, Vice President and Chief Content Director for Meetings Today. Um, be sure to check us out on the web at meetingstoday.com. Um, you'll find a variety of podcasts there on lots of different important topics to the meetings and events industry. So we hope you enjoy them all. And wherever you're listening, please have a great rest of the day. Thanks for joining us.